this is CG. And I'm Danielle. And I'm Lauren. And this is Black Girl Magic, a podcast. Hello, ladies. Hello. Oh, it's been a month since we last talked. So much has gone on, but we're not really here to talk about all the the sadness of the world. We're here to talk about something a little more uplifting and a little closer to home. Um, so let's let's start with insecure. And while everybody is team Lawrence or team um, Issa, I'm team Molly and Issa. <laughs> so let's talk about black female friendships and like what that means and how they're being portrayed and all that good stuff. So for me, the real connection to, well, there were some like uncomfortable moments watching Issa struggle with Lawrence and you're like, oh, we've all been there. And then the real thing for me was the friendship between her and Molly. And in looking at that relationship, you can really see, you know, all the ebbs and flows that relationships are supposed to go through, how you can be really honest with your best friend. Um, yeah, I'm I'm with you on the whole team Molly and Issa piece. Um, one of the things that I love about Insecure is the fact that um, Issa Rae, since uh, the misadventures of Awkward Black Girl and that web series and in her book and now in Insecure, really embraces this idea of um, being a fully formed, fully realized black woman where she doesn't feel like she has to play any sort of type. She doesn't have to apologize for her own awkwardness or insecurity. She doesn't have to apologize for her sexuality. She doesn't have to apologize for um, being a young woman navigating the world in the same way that we always see you know, white women <laughs> being able to navigate the world and being flawed and things like that. Um, I've seen a lot of people on Facebook and Twitter uh, say that the show makes them a little bit uncomfortable, even as, you know, every, I think most people are really enjoying the show, and I, I love this show. The people have commented, oh, it makes me a little bit uncomfortable because nobody's, you know, there's no perfect person on the show. Everybody is flawed. And for me, that's what the brilliance is. Like, if you watch a show like Girls, for example, nobody on that show is somebody that you're trying to be like. Like, they are all messed up. They are all nope. doing the wrong no. thing. Oh, God, no. <laughs> like, that was always my struggle with people who were like, oh, you've got to watch Girls. And it's like, I started hate watching it. I was like, right, yeah. okay, it yeah. is well written, but I don't like any of you. Yeah, <laughs> you are all terrible exactly. human beings. There's nothing like... and. To be made honest, want to bathe afterwards. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and it's like nothing about. While I don't necessarily want to go be like Issa or Molly, I have been there where right. you're like, oh, I'm going to be this type of person this year. I'm going to navigate and cultivate my narrative the way that I feel is is appropriate. And how I want to be seen when it's not even like really who you are. Exactly. And it's this idea that like, you know what, I'm I'm in my 20s and I'm going to be kind of selfish. Uh, and then when I'm in my 30s, I'll look back on that and say, wow, I was a little bit selfish then. And, you know, it's but but you're allowing yourself that space 
to kind of figure out who you are um, without feeling like you're somehow letting down the version of who you're supposed to be or what everybody else expects of you, that it really refuses this idea um, of the strong black woman who never does anything wrong, who's always standing by her man, who's always, um, you know, going to ultimately make the right decision or just be, you know, real sassy and, you know, do do things in this particular kind of way that you see her stumble you, and you, and same with Molly, you see them both stumble. You see them both make poor decisions. You see them both kind of prioritize their own happiness, um, over other people's. But at the same time, you always see that Issa and, uh, Issa and Molly have each other's back and are going to support each other, no matter how angry they get with each other, no matter how, uh, fractured their friendship might get that they're, I mean, those two are the soulmates. Those two are the ones who are going to stick together throughout it. And that, to me, to be able to see two black women who um, love each other and can fight and really stop talking for a little bit and then come back together and still have that love, it's so, so powerful and so amazing to see that um, happening on television. Because it finally, like, gives a model, not a model, but you know, a reflection. It's a mirror of what actual friendships are. It's not these perfect, you know, I've got a sassy best friend and I'm the practical one. And it's like, it's like, no, (laughs) we're all flawed human beings. And we're just trying to get through it with this person that we've chosen to be on this journey with. Um, Another show this season that I wish would have gone to this level. And I know it can't because the storyline isn't necessarily about her but um van from atlanta yeah. are you guys caught up on atlanta no i'm not i'm missing out i know come on i know oh so good oh my god like they did one episode about um van and one of her friends and her friend is you know a um What's the good name for it? Yeah, I'm um, trying to think also about how you have to like, what are we, what are we going to call this? Uh, she, she, she is for hire. She a lot of athletes. Um, yep. And, and she, is fine with, with living her life in that way. That, that's, that's sort of the decision she's made is that this is what she's going to do for, for now to kind of. She's in uh, it to win it. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That is the best way to put it. Um, she I'm is definitely it. on her it's own. Um, I haven't even seen the show, but I already know. No, she's, she's on her, <laughs> that is her thing. Um, Jade is her friend's name. And they like... That's a good name. Live in different lives, live in different lives. But they, and they have a moment where in this one 30 minute episode that they, you know, have a brief like fallout, but they, they pull it together. And they have a reconciliatory moment. And that's also like, you have friends that you're like, I don't, I couldn't live that life, but more power to you, whatever you need to do. And you have those clashes, but it's another display of a real, a real friendship. Right. Which we don't get to see very much of. Like when I was kind of thinking of this episode, I was like, okay, when was the last time we had a friendship like Molly and Issa and the last time that I could think of was girlfriends yeah, and I'm like that was in the 2000s that's a legit a 10 years old a legit 10 years old and that was the way that they 
present that that was that it was like the black sex in the city and they all had their own parts to play. Um, it was the first time we were introduced to, or at least for me, Tracy Ellis Ross, who is, a she is bae. And a delight. <laughs> yes. Yes, she is. She is everything. <laughs> like, if only you, I possessed like a fingertip of her talent and humor and poise She's and grace perfect. and just. I love her so much. She, yes. Oh, Tracy Ellis Ross, we, we love you. Um, but yeah, that should, that series left BET in 2008. Wow. And it's it's been taken us eight years to figure out like other, how to portray other black women friendships. And it's not that the thing, or let me put it this way. It's not that they need to be portrayed differently than other female friendships. They just aren't being portrayed, period. No, it's, it's, what's being portrayed is really the frenemies. That is really the only representation that we see, or at least the predominant representation that we see. Everyone is a frenemy. It's someone who's cool to hang out with, cool to drink wine with. But when, you know, things get real, that person turns their back on you or there's something dramatic or everything is a, is a reality show, has sort of a reality show spin to it. And it's almost performance art. And yeah. I think that the beauty of Insecure is that it shows how when we're with our friends, you know, we are able to be ourselves and it captures what it's like when we are ourselves because as black women, you could almost say that we don't have just this impact of a double consciousness. There's a triple consciousness going on, right? Because right. we're performing what it means to be black. We're performing what it means to be a woman. We're doing it a performance piece for the public. Right. And so in watching this show in which you have characters who are just themselves, it's very refreshing because once you get to the place in your life and everyone gets there at different times in which you don't feel the need to perform and you're comfortable with just being, it's a very powerful place to be and a very peaceful place. And I think that as women of color, we need to see more of that representation because it almost gives us permission to just be and to not feel like we're constantly on cue or having to perform a certain way. Right. Absolutely. And this idea so, that that with insecure, one of the things I like about this uh, this feeling of not having to perform who you are is that we get to see Issa and Molly um, both in their work environments where they feel sort of displaced, and then at home with their friends and significant others, and and all of these kinds of things, where you do get to see that sort of the two sides that they uh, of their identities in the way um, that there is just because um, you're black in a white field or surrounded by where, where you're, you know, kind of a marginalized population at work, that that doesn't have to be, you know, the, the biggest part of who you are, whatever you feel you may, may have to perform, that they have this other space where they're, where they're able to be their more authentic selves, where they're able to kind of navigate that, which I think is something that a lot of us can probably relate to in our own everyday life. So I did a quick search on, you know, greatest uh, female friendships in TV history. And we've got Abby and Alana from Broad City, 
um, the Golden Girls. One that I didn't mention, but is uh, our friends of color, Tacey and Pousse from Orange is the oh, New Black. Yeah. Like that. Oh, is yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't forgive that show for what they did no. this season. Um, but if you look at their t- the totality of their friendship, like they kept each other in in check, you know, and really um, level-headed in a place where that's not necessarily where you're going to be the most level. Yeah. Um, They created their own sense of family, and I think that's something that is a part of any friendship, is that they're your chosen family. And they were definitely, um, they definitely portrayed that throughout the show. But that was one that I had forgotten to to mention. And I was looking them up. But on the list, Girlfriends is not on the list, surprisingly. Um, yeah, I don't seem to be aware that that show existed. And I don't know how that... I mean, I guess I know how that is. But <laughs> I'm always yeah. blown away because it was such a good show. Um, that it, I, I cannot imagine, especially... Uh, for people who did really like Sex in the City and things like that, like that they didn't, once that series was over, at least kind of peek and look and see what was going on on Girlfriends, um, sort of blows my mind. And I mean, it's just, it's one of those shows that it doesn't get enough praise for being in, like, Black Show canon and just as a show in general, like I'm, I feel like it needs to either come back on DVD or stream in on Netflix and have another like resurgence, especially now that people know who Tracy Ellis Ross is in a, like in a larger way. Um, I feel like they're there. The time is now for Kelsey Grammer to release that show from, whatever purgatory it is sitting in because it's not syndicated and it's definitely not streaming. So it needs to come back in some way, shape or form. Damn. Yes. Yes. I was, it just popped into my head. They were great friends. I, I feel like you only got to see so much of actually that show in general was really good. Like, and it doesn't get enough shine for being an, a pretty good show up into the last season when there were like issues, but their relationship, it was another one that just felt so true. And (laughs) how old was I when that one came out? I think we were like 10. Yeah. Yeah. And you were always looking for like your partner in crime. That was the model for them. Like you had the granted they had their like, their roles one was sassy one was more practical but they had each other's backs and that was you know that's always a good good model to follow right and similarly i was i mean the friendship of the four women on living single i thought was just like that was everything i wanted for my adulthood when i was little watching that show i was like it's gonna be just like that um (laughs) Because, like, they, you know, they, they all had their, you know, it's the same kind of situation where we're seeing they all kind of have their own personality or their own thing. But they all worked well together, even when they would fight or argue about something. Like, it was never mean-spirited. It, w- it always 
um, whatever disagreements they had were rooted in love and actually caring about each other. And you could see like how these friendships had developed and how people had changed over the years. And it just, and even as they were dating people with the exception, I think of when they were all sort of after, I think it was Morris Chestnut's character came on for like a couple of episodes and, and everybody except for Sinclair was trying to date him, but it was mm-hmm. never like it, that. It always seemed like they're like, the primary point of that show was demonstrating these black women in this positive relationship. Absolutely. Like I, that was always one of those. I was like, I'm going to have four friends and we're going to live in the same building or across the street and our roommates. And it's going to be great. And I'm good. Like you always have those, those shows that you kind of model, model, want to model your life after. And living single was definitely one of those. Yeah. And, and what I was think, so cool? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, what's what's so cool about it is they accepted each other for who they were. And it wasn't a situation in which they were judging each other or trying to change each other. They just knew Sinclair's loopy, so you got to watch out for her. And I think (laughs) that's sort of the essence of friendship is your friends know you're wacky and you bump into things, so they try to help you out. Right, right. (laughs) I sometimes wonder if... You know, like right now we are in the diversity of TV phase um, where you've got Blackish and How to Get Away with Murder and Scandal and um, uh, Fresh Off the Boat and all these new shows that are just running the gamut. But a lot of them, like, I wonder if some of the things that happen, especially like the Shondaland shows, would happen if they had black friends like this season yeah. on how to get away with murder. You start to see, um, that was Viola so Davis's character interact <laughs> with like the ladies from the hair shop. And that is a very real moment, um, where you see the salon as a safe space to talk things out. And that's really the first time that you see Annalise kind of push back some of her layers Outside of the like moment when she took off her wig and the uh, lashes and the facade that she puts on to be a professor, but you, when you see her push back and be a little more human while she's getting her hair done, um, that's I feel like there should be more of that with Annalise because I don't know if she would be in the same situations yeah. <laughs> if she um, had a little more time in in Mary J. Blige's hair chair. <laughs> It almost took me a moment to like realize that was Mary J. Blige. I was like, "That's not because so out of context." Because she doesn't sing. There's nothing like that not puts dancing. her in into context, and then you're like, "No, that's Mary. That's Mary." You're like, oh, she's just talking. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, like, can she at least break out to like a couple of couple of lyrics? Or something? Can Do I get Mary for J. You know, the bop. I yes. Love and same with uh, Olivia Pope. I feel like sometimes yeah. if she just had someone who's like, no, girl, <laughs> don't do that. You know, just someone to pull her coattail and say, that's inappropriate. I have a yes. friend. <laughs> like, I know what you're trying to do, but no, <laughs> let's not do that. A friend right. who's infamous, and she really is one of my best friends in the world. And she checks me so hard that now when I do things, I'm like, but that embarrass her. <laughs> I'm like, no, nope, I can't do, do that because that would embarrass her. 
And I feel like she's made me such a better person because she'll send me a text to just say that was inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's, that's all you need is one person it's that's true, just like no. right. You, you need somebody who's going to do that, who keeps who keeps you kind of grounded in that way. Yeah, because you you see, I think with all of the Shondaland series, as much as I love them, like you really see that absence of uh, black female friendships together. Like you see, like you see a lot of black women, and you see a lot of really strong friendships. And for all of that, I am very thankful. Um, but we do see those moments of. Um, where you can kind of feel the absence. Like there's this, this one episode of Grey's that I keep going back to where, uh, what is that character's name? Edwards. Uh, Joe mm-hmm. says something to Edwards about the fact that because she had sickle cell, that must be, she was like, that must be why you always work so hard and you do so well. Um, because you've always had to like struggle. And Edwards gets so mad and she is like, you can't even imagine that I'm just better than you at this. And I want to be like, this is when you need a black friend so that you can go home and be like, can you believe what this girl said to me? And she's like, oh, I believe it. But it was still messed up, you know, Um, where you just kind of see like, I always felt bad for Edwards because I was like, I've been there. And you don't have a black girl to talk to after this. You just gotta go to that bar and drink by yourself at the end. But yeah, like this this idea that we're seeing so much more of these actual friendships between black women so that it doesn't feel so much like and now this is the token black friend. There's, you know, four girls and you know this one's the sassy one and this one's the smart one and this one's the sexy one and this one's the black one and (laughs) (laughs) that's 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 what her character is that that we're not seeing that we're seeing something that's like so powerful that that it is about this representation and it's about real representation that matters where people can actually see their own experiences um being portrayed on the screen too And I mean, we've talked about this before in terms of like representation and what it means to have, you know, real authentic characters portrayed where you've got these, you know, quirky characters or things that just feel a little like um, irreverent and off. And it's not like this scripted thing like Atlanta does that really well. And so does Insecure. And I feel like Issa Rae has been doing that since she started. ratchet piece theater and mm-hmm. um awkward awkward black girl that you have these moments of like okay they're these are extreme situations but they are still incredibly real um in a way that you don't normally see other shows have and i feel like that's why insecure is getting uh so many well-deserved accolades same with atlanta is like they have counterparts um, in what is considered mainstream pop culture. Like you can look at girls and see insecure and you're like, okay, these are people that I might not like, but they're definitely, I'm going to rock with them. Or even with, um, Atlanta, it feels kind of off like, um, but it just allows you to be a little quirky and we don't have shows that are, are really quirky. We have shows that are really, um, formatted. Yeah, these we get these shows that kind of essentialize what it means to be black that, um, you know, well, it's not a black show until this happens or until that happens. Um, I've probably said this before in the podcast because I, I say it all the time because I think it's such a great line. The author Percival Everett writes, 
um, has this book where, where a character is black, but he doesn't mention it until later on. And then the character says specifically, like, you know, oh, and by the way, I'm black, but you probably didn't realize that because at no point have I, you know, taken my Afro pick and, like, plucked out my hair. Um, <laughs> and it's that kind of idea that, you know, people have this expectation that, like, black people are supposed to do black things. Um, and these shows are showing us that, like, things are black things when black people do them. Um, yes. And so, so, like, everything about, like, Insecure is a super black show that is not uh, demonstrating to us what blackness means in ways that, that, that mainstream audiences are going to automatically recognize. Um, so it's just, it's so cool to see Issa and Molly be these beautiful, strong black women who are also weak sometimes, who are also selfish sometimes, who are also confused and you know insecure a lot of the times. Um, and all of that still is a part of what it can mean to be a black woman, that you don't have to be, you know, this sexy Jezebel all the time. You don't have to be like this caretaker, you know, mammy figure. You don't have to be this, um, you know, tragic mulatto. You don't have to be like these types that, that we're supposed to always, always see on TV, that we're seeing these, these characters that are doing all of these different things that are allowed to have the variety and the space that we always see white actors um, and actresses in roles on TV have. And it's got to be a burden lifted off of black actresses mm -hmm. because that is a lot of emotional work to constantly be presented with roles in which you have to be a stereotype. And it must be a pretty amazing feeling where you're presented with a role in which isn't just a character. It is a person living their life. And I think that is the greatest gift that you can give someone is just to let them live their life. And as far as representation is concerned, letting children, letting girls, I mean, I guess you should have let kids watch Insecure, but they're sneaking and they're watching it anyway. Um, <laughs> letting them watch shows where they can just see people just living their lives and just not necessarily carefree because there's nothing carefree about being an adult and paying bills, but in a sense, being carefree and just trying to figure out how to make it work. No, that's, I do, that's why I wish there were more kind of primetime examples on, of, you know, black girl friendships. Um, like, what would be cool for, like, while I know they're running this narrative of Diana's supposed to be super scary on Blackish um, and diabolical and maybe, you know, <laughs> a psychopath it'd be really great if she had a friend <laughs> and maybe she wouldn't be so crazy outside of her like brother her twin brother i feel like maybe if there was then there would be another model for young girls or to to start kind of building those friendships at a time when you know they start to become kind of catty with each other yeah i mean i have fundamental issues with the portrayal of Diane and Blackish, anyway. So I'm Let's probably. Talk about it. <laughs> well, Let's okay. Talk about so it. Th this is my fundamental issue: is that number one, whenever there is a little chocolate girl on a cast, that is typically talk the way that it. she is portrayed. She is portrayed as having this biting, sarcastic. Um, 
wit, being pretty hurtful, and then typically she's juxtaposed against someone of fair complexion who's a little flighty, very light, very carefree. And really, with Diane, I feel like they're really just put her on that track of being, I'm the sassy, dark-skinned black friend, and I say mean things to people, <laughs> and that is what I do. That is my role. And it bothers me. It bothers me a lot because I don't even know if they're aware of what they're doing. I'm bothered by the fact that her hair is pressed most of the time. Yeah. That bothers me. And even this season, they started to like let her curls shine a little bit more. Um, Yeah. And, and, and they sort of kind of addressed it in one of the episodes where Tracy Ellis Ross's character said something along the lines of, it's easier for me to maintain her hair that way. She's my daughter. And I call bullshit because there's no reason for all that natural hair to be floating around that house. And then the little chocolate girl has these little pressed pigtails. It bothers me. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that at all. And now it's all I can think about (laughs) with that character. That's, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's weird. Uh, just on the aesthetic level of like tr- the politics of that show about, you know, how how they're what their family is supposed to be doing to push back against this idea of essentialized blackness. And then for Diane to have her hair pressed and for it to be like this very when everybody else has this kind of like uh, almost hippie sort of effervescent. Uh, thing going that that her vibe has to be so uh, severely calculated. I guess, uh, yeah, that's that's a really good point. And everything about. And I mean, don't her get me wrong. Severe. Kids are like that, but right. Yeah, every not every part of her needs to be severe. Like there needs right. to be those soft moments, and you got a little bit of that, like last season when Jack went off to sit with other friends, and she started to like soften up but that could have been a perfect moment for her to make friends and like find people that you know round her out and just kind of make her more three-dimensional and not just a this character that everyone including charlie is afraid of yeah i just i just feel like she's typecast as a little angry black woman yeah. And that's what she is which is why i i do i have fundamental issues and for those reasons i don't watch it because I think it's whack. No, I think I think that's a really valid point because I mean it would be one thing if she had any of those characteristics but to have all of them is really problematic the more I think about it. Um especially the fact like you said the fact that everybody's scared of her. So not only is she like like it would be one thing like obviously she's supposed to be the smart one and she you know she's got all of these characteristics we view as positive but taken collaboratively with each of the the pieces of, of who she is that she becomes this sort of otherworldly scary figure um is really yeah it's really weird and I, I mean I'm sure they're doing it at least I'm sure they think they're doing it because she's the youngest and that's where the you know it's supposed to be funny that like the little girl is the one everyone's scared of but when yeah. you couple it all together it, it can be definitely problematic characters and that's one of the things from the littlest to the oldest you want to make sure that they've got some dimension to them even if it is just a sitcom that it's supposed to be 
you know, this illustration of an upper middle class black family. Um, there's a new web series that is people are heralding as the next, um, as a women of color broad city called Brown Girls. So I have checked out the trailer. It's really good. And it does feel like the next broad city, but in a, it's not just them being like an emulation of it, but it's own friendship. It is, um, a Latina queer character kind of figuring out her, her path. And then a, um, a young black girl. They seem like they're either late teens, mid twenties. They look mad young. Um, I'm looking it up just now and I can't believe I didn't, I've never heard of this. This is so cool. I just saw it on Twitter, like maybe, maybe a week or so ago and it's starting to like pick it pick up, but they just look so fun and they are straight up like carefree and just chilling. And that's good to see. Cause I remember growing up, my best friend, we bonded because we were the awkward black girls mm-hmm. <laughs> in middle school and we got no play. And so <laughs> I remember we used to, we were so awkward and so weird and we just rode our bikes everywhere and we were just like freaking frack. And our thing used to be riding around trying to find the boys that were cute that didn't like us. And then we would throw random objects at them <laughs> to see if they would look in our direction. <laughs> so we'd walk on the balcony at school and like drop a um, a nut down, <laughs> see if they would look up. Just really weird things that is I probably should be admitting this on the podcast because we were just that awkward and that weird. But I would love to see something like that. Girls mm-hmm. who don't have it together who meet because one doesn't do their homework in math class and she asked me for my answers and I said no and then she said well do you want to eat lunch together and that's how we became friends and we're still friends to this day and so it would be cool to see something like that at a a younger age because I also think that is important because it's good to have adult female friendships but if we could do a better job of teaching young girls how to relate to each other I think that will go a really long way because oh yeah, I work with elementary school students and they got beef in the second grade. There's girl drama in the second grade mm-hmm. these days. A lot of it has to do with social media. And a lot of it also has to do with what they're watching, you know, or what they're, they're not supposed to be watching these reality shows, but they're watching them and all the girls, all they do is fight. So it would be nice to give them some sort of a counter narrative to that. Somebody work on that. I don't know who could do that. Somebody needs to work on that. Sounds like a project. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, <laughs> I, like, time. I like that idea a lot. Because you don't, yeah, you really don't see, like with with shows about like younger kids, you don't really see um, like two black girls who are friends with each other unless like they're not, they're never the center of the, of the show at least if if you see two black girls together they're like off doing their own thing but to have them kind of centered so that you can see like hey black girls are friends with each other and support each other and this is happening even when they're little girls could be really powerful and not everything has to be like a tragic circumstance i understand it happens but everything doesn't have to be precious right 
everything does not have to um, no. be a friendship that is based on some sort of a, of intense, severe trauma and suffering. And we need those representations because it does happen, but that's not what it means to be black. And right. when that's all that's presented, that's how you get people like Donald Trump saying, oh my God, the black people are living in hell. Right. <laughs> you know? The blacks have nothing to lose in those inner cities. And a lot of that has to do with the representation of, you know, we're just, all of us are living in these hell holes. And that's not the case. There is diversity amongst black people. Yeah, that's the, I think that's one of the things that I'm really hoping for. um, is just the continuation of seeing like these diverse portrayals of black women doing things, being happy, being sad, living their lives, talking to each other about the shit that black women talk to each other about and like forming those kinds of bonds and having those relationships where they don't have to always, where it doesn't always have to be a conversation about like this tragedy that's occurred or like about what it means to be black. That sometimes, sometimes a TV show shows you what it means to be black just by having black people on it doing, living their lives. Absolutely. Um, And that's why I think all of, I mean, all of the shows really that we talked about, I think did a good job of that work. These shows were all unapologetically black. You know, when we're talking about the friendship between Pam and Gina, um, you know, all the women on living single or girlfriends or insecure or, you know, the, the female friendships on, uh, uh, what was I going to say? A different world as well that like, these are shows about the black experience, but every day they don't have to, you know, it, every day it's not, you know, they've got to plan what they're going to do for the Black His- History Month parade or something like that. You know, like, it, it's just they're all like their life. The February right? episode. <laughs> exactly. It's a, on a very special, you know, like, it. you can just have your, have your life and live your life and that, that that's what it is to be Black. And then little girls and young women and older women can watch that and say, oh, okay, people are having my same experiences too. This is valid and this matters and I am valid and I'm seeing myself. Um, I also just, as a side note, would like to see Issa and Lawrence not get back together because I don't see how that relationship can work (laughs) and I don't think it should. Um, So that's my personal hope. I think they can both find somebody who is better suited for them. Um, Yes, Lord. And let's just move on. I don't want to see Issa do what everybody in the world does, which is get back into that relationship and then end up hating that person passionately. Um, just shake hands and go in opposite directions. Just be like, you know what? Maybe in a different world, work, but it's not going to work anymore. Right. Um, like you said your piece when you left this key on my countertop. Cool. Right. I'm and going to go ahead and work on myself. He took his pillow. He took the pillow. Yes. I, I was so confused like, when I was looking at the bed. I was like, blood. did he take a pillow? <laughs> <laughs> that was what I was like, Lawrence is the pettiest. I've never in my life. <laughs> Everything out there. Except for your Best Buy shirt. You're Except so for petty. the Best Buy shirt. Oh, my You're God. so petty. Really, when I saw that pillow missing, I was like, oh, my God, this is just, this is so <laughs> For foul. a second, I'm like, fell asleep on the floor or something. And I'm like, maybe that's like, I'm like, no, he took the pillow. 
He took that he, pillow. That was his. They went. They went in half. Everything is spoke just in half. <laughs> yes, I I hope that they don't get back together. I don't think that it's a good look, and I don't think it's actually like if they do, it's only for like two episodes, right? And they both have like that realization, like, oh, this is a terrible idea. It's not gonna work, right? Yeah, yeah. This that is only just because for we're comfortable and we're going back to. Yes. Yes. That's it. Everybody else stay apart. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody else needs to get back together. Uh, A secret to just play off that. I hope that he finds whatever he's looking for out of Tasha the Teller. (laughs) (laughs) He told it. That's that is clearly what he wants in his life is somebody that is just solely about them and or about him and he's not really trying to like look for support or really like i don't know i don't want to get into it i don't want to get into it well, let me that's... let me say this even <laughs> i knew y'all couldn't resist we're <laughs> <laughs> so talking about black friendships I, i'm telling you man <laughs> i was like so they just gonna act like they're not gonna talk about this okay <laughs> even tasha the teller in the end, she's not going to be able to keep up the pace supporting Lawrence the way she is. Like, Lawrence Lawrence is one of those guys who, on paper, you're like, yeah, he's really trying to get his stuff together. He's really trying to, you know, like, be somebody and make all of these moves. But lest we forget what we saw when we first met Lawrence, which was him looking sad sitting on Issa's couch. <laughs> not with no, he didn't have any job. He didn't see. He was just like, oh, but I got this degree. I shouldn't have to work. Outside of this degree, like do do some like open a store on Etsy, like figure out something that you can do to bring in some money. Side hustle. If you were so much about your program developing, I see job postings come up all the time for uh, web developers, app developers. Just get out there and just like do, do some side anything, hustle. Anything, do something. Just don't do nothing. Do so. Right. So exactly. So Tasha saw like the the go-getter Lawrence who seemed like he was going to get his stuff together. But I don't think he's going to be able to keep that up. So I don't think she's going to be able to keep up the encouragement (laughs) either. So and and that somebody needs to make a show about this, telling us not to be project managers. Yes. You don't need to take on men as projects. (laughs) Be your own project. No new projects. Some people say no new friends. I say no new projects. Absolutely. Okay. I'm not a project manager. Yeah. You can't date potential. Like you can't be like, oh, but he's got all of this stuff. He could be, but he's not any of those things. So (laughs) like, that's great that you and his mother believe and are like really supporting that. But you know, it's it might not be the best look for you, and really for him either to have somebody blowing up his ego, um, making him feel like the fact that he isn't doing anything and doesn't have a job is okay. <laughs> he has such potential. That's my yeah. my personal take on the whole Lawrence thing, and I like Lawrence. I like Lawrence just fine. I just don't want them to get back <laughs> together. I'm not like I said. I'm not Team Lawrence. I'm not Team Issa. Everybody was wrong, but. Let's not pretend that Lawrence was a saint and somebody that, you know, we should really be sad. Um, you know, like he didn't really get the short end of the stick exactly. I 
just keep thinking about the t-shirt and the pillow. <laughs> that's what took the pillow. Just, <laughs> like that's that's so pet. That's like next level petty. In terms of like you just so hurt up. <laughs> like if you didn't, if you want to leave the relationship behind, why are you gonna take the pillow? Right. Like because just leave she can't all of sleep it. On my pillow. It's not your pillow. Today. I'm pretty sure she probably paid for it. Because <laughs> oh, you, you didn't have a job. <laughs> oh my god! I wish you would just roll out. No, this pillow came as a two set, <laughs> a set of two, <laughs> and I oh, need god. you to go ahead and give that back. And on that note, I just heard Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> to the left, to the left. <laughs> yes, everything you own. Oh, and I mean, just that box of clothes. And not that pillow, though. That not seemed that to be a joint purchase. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's why the couch it, is still there. Please the don't touch. The couch was a, a joint per. Seemed like a joint purchase and or a easier, easier, uh, sponsored purchase. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh. Well, we had to do that it. Note, they we shouldn't get back together. I know. I was. I was like, "Are they really? No, we're not. We're not going to." Oh, okay. All right. No. Okay. We're being real mature. What would I say in closing? Female friendships are important. Um, and so is representation of those friendships. And I think it's great that we are in a space in which we are seeing increased representation of us and what it means to be us. And sometimes that's just being regular. And that's a good thing. Right. So on that note, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, you can find us on uh, our Facebook page and on Twitter as well. Um, and I'm sure Lauren will put the links to that in the uh, podcast episode when she posts it. Um, keep spreading uh, magic. <laughs> keep spreading the magic and have a magical week. Thank you.